Welcome to the World Vegan Travel Podcast, where we explore the world through a compassionate vegan lens. I'm Bridie, co-founder of the World Vegan Travel Tours, and our mission is to inspire and guide you on your path to discovering the wonders of our planet while honouring your vegan principles. Join us for a diverse range of episodes as we share our personal vegan travel experiences and showcase the remarkable journeys of others. We also conduct interviews with passionate individuals and organisations dedicated to promoting veganism, and advocating for the rights of animals, both human and non-human, in travel destinations worldwide. Prepare to be inspired as we invite you to embark on your own vegan travel adventure. Let's dive right in. Allow us to introduce our esteemed guest, Stephanie Red Cross West, a visionary force in the realm of vegan business. Stephanie is the founder and managing director of Vegan Mainstream, where she devotes herself to inspiring and empowering individuals within the vegan community to thrive in their entrepreneurial endeavors. Since the establishment of Vegan Mainstream in 2009, Stephanie has paved the way as a trailblazing leader, leaving an indelible mark on the vegan business world. Through her unwavering dedication, Vegan Mainstream has evolved into a valuable resource for vegan entrepreneurs and business owners alike. Stephanie's remarkable expertise encompasses results-oriented business coaching, a comprehensive marketing strategy training, and the provision of unique online courses accompanied by live support. Stephanie and Vegan Mainstream boast an impressive track record of nurturing and guiding countless vegan professionals to successfully launch, scale, and sustain their businesses and organizations. With her wealth of knowledge and experience, Stephanie Stephanie is a true guiding light for those seeking to make a profound impact within the vegan business landscape. In this episode, we're going to be delving into the captivating topic of travel and vacationing as a vegan entrepreneur. So if you are an entrepreneur, you're definitely going to want to listen to this one. Throughout our conversation, we explore the challenges and rewards of balancing a busy entrepreneurial life with the desire to travel and embrace much needed downtime. Stephanie shares her invaluable insights on finding time to travel when it feels like there's never enough time to even think. She delves into the transformative power of travel as a means to alleviate stress, find rest and reconnect with oneself. We also discuss the significance of weekend getaways and how these can be essential moments of rejuvenation and self-care and she shares her personal story of changing her vacationing process and highlights the importance of consciously adding time off to her work calendar. So tune into this episode as we unravel the secrets of incorporating travel into the life of a vegan entrepreneur, discovering the transformative power it holds and its profound impact on personal well-being and business success. So before we start our conversation with Stephanie, I want to take a moment to extend our deepest gratitude for being the driving force behind the World Vegan Travel podcast. With our now 115 plus episodes, we really are continuously striving to elevate the podcast to new heights. And, you know, here's the deal. We can't do it without you. And that's why we're reaching out to kindly ask for your invaluable feedback on the podcast. We want to make this podcast better and we need your feedback. We would love your feedback. We've put together a snappy little questionnaire designed to gather your thoughts and insights on what you love about the podcast and how we can kick it up a notch. It'll only take a few minutes of your time, but the impact will be really, really big. I can't wait to incorporate any suggestions that people send to us into the podcast. Your opinions are going to shape the future of this podcast, ensuring it will resonate with an even wider audience 
vegans and help even more vegans feel inspired to travel. So if you want to help us out here, buckle up and head over to the show notes of this episode where you'll find a link to the survey. We sincerely appreciate your willingness to contribute. Together, let's create a podcast that sets the vegan world on fire and inspires vegan travelers far and wide. So there are a lot of resources, the destinations that we talk about in this episode. So make sure you look at the show notes and the blog post to get all of the details. Let's chat with Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you so much for joining me on the Well Vegan Travel Podcast. Thanks for having me. I am so excited that we are finally getting to have our conversation. We've been talking about this for, I think, 18 months. We're finally talking today about this really interesting topic that I think is going to be really helpful for many of the listeners to this podcast, which is travel when you are an entrepreneur. I'm just so thrilled to be sitting down with you, Stephanie, to chat because we've known each other for several years now and you were a huge help to me at the start of Well Vegan Travel when I went full-time on Well Vegan Travel back in 2019 and a little bit before then as well through helping me with understanding a little bit about this thing called business from somebody who knew nothing about business before. I credit you for helping us so much when we were getting started. So let's hear a little bit about what it is that you do in the vegan space. Absolutely. And it's just so exciting to see how much you've grown and the business has grown and how much you're doing, especially in light of so much being shut down in the world. I think everyone was curious how travel and things would bounce back from that. And it's just so beautiful to see you know, all the trips and everything you're doing and also all the reviews. People are just so ecstatic. And love, love, love your trips. It's just so wonderful to see it as a person kind of remembering when we were getting started and then also seeing just how beautiful things are and how things grow. So just congratulations on that. As far as what we do day in and day out, especially for anyone who maybe hasn't heard of Vegan Mainstream before, a lot of my day is really about coaching, supporting, and helping vegan entrepreneurs. What I love to do is kind of work across the spectrum as far as entrepreneurs. I think often when people think of vegan business, they think of vegan food. But like in the case of yourself, there's really so many different opportunities in so many different sectors to bring the vegan lifestyle in and to allow people to really make veganism a part of their everyday life. So whether it is the food on their plate, but it's also from hiring a vegan accountant to getting vegan clothes, skincare, all the way to vegan travel. So what we try to do is coach people, give people training and help people with the business side, because most people are like really great at what they sell or offer or their service. But the business side is a little bit hard. So we support people through those marketing channels to support them through strategy and even doing things like podcasts. Yes. And I really should tell our listeners that it was Stephanie who suggested and nudged me to create a podcast in the first place. So I definitely should acknowledge that here. I remember I really resisted you for a while and you, in your very sweet, kind, helpful way, you nudged me a little bit and you really helped me like get organized with this. It's really thanks to Stephanie that I'm now creating content on a regular basis and hopefully it's helpful to vegans who want to travel. And yeah, it was a lot of fun, although really hard for me in those first 18 months. I remember saying to you many times, explain it to me like I'm five because I had zero knowledge about even the basic concepts in marketing, let alone all of the tools and the things that you need to do. So yeah, 
just publicly, I want to say thank you, Stephanie. So I really recommend anyone who is thinking about delving into business as a vegan, then definitely check out Stephanie's services because I can vouch for the fact that it was amazing and really fun process to work with you, Stephanie. So thank you. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. And it's just so wonderful to see what you've done with it and how you built it out to just such an amazing success. Thank you. All right. Well, our topic today is traveling and vacationing as a vegan entrepreneur. And I think this is a really interesting topic because, of course, I travel so much because of the service that we provide. But I'm imagining that it must be really, really challenging for vegan entrepreneurs to find time to travel. So that's going to be the big topic for today. But first of all, let's talk about like how your relationship with travel has changed in, I'm guessing, your 10 years as an entrepreneur. Absolutely. My relationship with travel has so changed. As a kid, I traveled a lot. So I was a person kind of young, introduced to the idea of traveling. We did a lot of travel across the U.S. So because of that, I think as I got older, I liked to travel. I like getting out there and going. Then when I was employed in a traditional full-time position, I did a little bit with vacations, but I never had that process where I always took a vacation X time of year. I always did this. I always did that. I did have the benefit of working in corporate America for two years, and we basically traveled 100% of the time. So traveling 100% of the time for two years where you basically don't have a home. And we have a place I'd come back to for holidays and stuff because we'd be off for that time. But the reality is I was pretty much always on the road, always in hotels. And we did it internationally. I actually got to go to Japan. So I got to go to Japan while I was in corporate America. I got to travel to like Senegal and visit people. I got to go to London, Paris and France and Versailles and just so many different places. It was a great experience because it opened my eyes to the world, really. It can be very easy to get kind of American-centric. It allowed me to see everyday culture. I think one of the biggest challenges when you travel is sometimes you kind of land and you almost feel more like a tourist. So you're only doing the things that are kind of like in the box. One thing I think was very fortunate about the way I was able to travel and because we were able to live there for an extended period of time, we knew what it was like to go like grocery shopping. We started to see what it was like to plan. Like I stayed in Leeds in the UK and the equivalent of a CVS or whatever would close at five o'clock and I'd be like, oh no, I didn't get toothpaste today. I'm like, all right, maybe the hotel will give me a little thing and that'll carry me over. I think that's such an important experience to get when you're traveling is to start to feel what it's like to really live that local life, to really walk around, go to local events and activities so that you are amongst the people that make up that culture. To me, that's just been one of the most beautiful blessings that I've had, not only, like I said, growing up, but also being able to do that in my corporate life before I started being an entrepreneur. Amazing. But it's so cool that you were able to do that for your job. But I'm guessing things may have changed a little bit when you set up a vegan mainstream. I'm guessing... Absolutely. That was a perfect kind of segue into it because when you become an entrepreneur, you almost start to just pour everything into your business. And it's not just pouring all of your time. It's any money that you're making, you're often pouring it back in. And also in the earlier stages for most entrepreneurs, there's just not that much money to go around. You're really kind of trying to build this business. So therefore it's like, go on vacation. Who can not only afford vacation, but who can afford the time off? So vacation becomes this pressure, becomes this thing of like, I have to trade one thing for another. And often when you're an entrepreneur in the beginning stages, 
You're like, I should be working on my business. I think that's one of the challenges of being an entrepreneur. And I think it's okay in the early stages where you do focus, where you do put that prioritism in, in place. Because we all have to prioritize when we do anything new. When I start a new workout regimen, I got to prioritize and what I'm going to do and when I'm going to do it. I can't work out right before a Zoom call because I'll be exhausted or potentially even sweating. <laughs> so you always have to make these compromises. But I think the mistake many of us make as entrepreneurs is that we forget we have to come up to breathe at some point. We do need a way to reset at some point. And I really feel that travel can be that way of resetting. Now, there are a couple of different ways you can do it. And I can walk through a couple of things that I haven't tried. But I think my biggest aha was that not only do I need to travel, I had to make it like a part of my work life. Like I had to make it a part of what I do as opposed to it being like this little special thing on the side that I'm going to organize or plan one day. And then year one, year two, year three rolls by and I never get to it. So let's talk about that. How many years into your business did you kind of have this, okay, right, now is the time where I've really got to start prioritizing this. Of course, this time will be different for different people, for different businesses, I'm sure. But when was this like, I've really got to get out there a little bit more. When did that happen to you? I would say once I got a little bit more stability in my business. So I would say it took me a while. I'd probably say in year four or five is when I started to get out. Now that's different. So I'll share what I do now because I've upped the game and I've also realized that I have to do it in a new way. But initially what I started to do is at least couple travel with work so that I felt more comfortable doing it. Even from a financial sense, it made more sense. So what I would do is I would do speaking engagements. And if I did speaking engagements, instead of me just flying in and out, I would expand that time give myself a day on the ground before or after. I thought that was a really smart way of doing it because I was already there, the airfare and so forth. But also it allowed me to spend more time with people because yes, I might fly in for VegFest or I fly in for that, but I have clients all over the place. I have people that I've met at other events. And it was such a shame that I'd fly into a city and I didn't spend time with the people that I knew. So what I started to do is I would send out a note like in LinkedIn and tell people that I knew in that city, hey, I'm going to be in such and such. Do you want to get together for tea or do you want to grab a smoothie or something like that? And it became a great way for me to start reconnecting with people, spending time with people that I don't get to see all the time because we don't live in the same areas, but it created this kind of personal benefit to travel, not just this professional benefit for travel. I think that's one of the things that we all struggle with is we feel like as an entrepreneur, it's the personal stuff a little too selfish. Like it's all got to be for the business. So therefore, you just feel like, put it into the business. I really started to realize that I could bring those two things together by expanding my trips and really incorporating some downtime and fun time to just sit around and talk with somebody for an hour. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We're lucky enough that we have friends in lots of different places in the world. And it just makes me so thrilled when I get to meet up with Somebody that I haven't seen for so long, for example, I was recently in Munich and I got to meet with a dear friend of mine when I lived in Bangkok and it was the most refreshing and rejuvenating thing to be able to revive and refresh this friendship that we'd had. I'm just 
so happy that I got to do that. It really just set me up for several weeks. It was just such a wonderful experience. So connecting with friends or even just like networking with people that you've met with. I've met up with people that I've met on the podcast when we've been traveling. For example, fairly recently when we were in South Africa, I met up with a former guest of the podcast in real life. And that was just so, so nice. It was so wonderful. Yeah, it's really nice when you can put those things together because a lot of times I'll know people that I really haven't met in person yet. I might have talked to them a couple of times. We might have done a couple of Zoom sessions. We might even be actively collaborating on something. And you'll be like, wait a minute, have we ever really met in person? It's been two years or three years. Like that can happen, especially now post-pandemic, if you can really say it's post-pandemic. It really can be the case that you almost feel like you know someone, but you haven't met them yet in person. Exactly. So you've talked about when you started dipping your toe in the water, but I think in recent years, you've sort of got on to the next level with that. So can you explain like where you're at now and how you got there? So there's kind of like a two-part piece of this, because I feel like some of this is just a mental block when it comes to travel. It's that mental kind of concern or worry about, should I do this? Should I take time off? How do I say it to my clients? They rely on me. And all of that is true. People are relying on you, especially when you're a person who does coaching or does things that you're meeting with people on a consistent basis. Like I'm meeting with a lot of people almost every single week. So when I think of taking vacation, I feel like, oh, I'm taking time away from them. And I had to kind of shift my mental perspective on that and realize that I could be a better coach. I could really dig deeper if I had time and space to reset my mind, to clear my mind, to not always feel the responsibility of something to do every minute of every day. That can happen in our personal lives, but it can happen so often in our entrepreneur lives because especially when you're the founder and you've created this business, you kind of take care of it with a lot more emotion. Like you really keep it really close to you. If you have a team or anything like that, I've just struggled. I struggled with how do I take time off when other people are working? How do I make that happen? And also I think, I don't know it's the right word to use, but I want to use the word like like an addiction to the fast pace of running your business, like the rhythm of it. And to slow down in a vacation can feel awkward. Normally I'll have five or six meetings in a day. So I'm just rocking and rolling. And if I'm going to go on vacation and I wake up and I don't have anything to do, it's almost like a shock. It's like, what am I going to do with all this time? What do I do now? And that void can be something hard. So that's why I think there's this like mental shift that you have to make where you start to think about what would you do with that extra time? How would you use it and how can it enrich you? And how important it is to have these breaks, even sometimes something to look forward to in your business. Because when you're having either a difficult time, you're having a difficult transition because businesses ebb and flow. And a difficult time doesn't mean that your business isn't doing well. Sometimes a difficult time is your business is expanding too fast. You're <laughs> struggling with that expansion because it just feels like it wants more and more and more from you. Having that time off can help you manage things better. So I had to get my perspective in order first. Then the second thing I started to do is just the logistics of it. I don't know if you do this in your calendar, but I'm a very calendar person, I'm a very scheduled person. And last year, one thing that I started to do, which is a shame, I just started doing it last year, is I started to put blocks in my calendar four times off and just the basics. Like in the U.S., we have a lot of three-day weekends. For me, I would just work. I was a Monday, it's a Monday. Mm -hmm. If that Monday is a holiday, what I would normally make my Monday schedule has to shift to a Tuesday schedule. 
And what's normally my Tuesday schedule has to be a condensed week. And what that means is traditionally, I don't do meetings on Mondays. So now what I had to do is I had to go through my Tuesdays, block off every Tuesday for the entire year that has a three-day weekend preceding it, and then make sure nothing is scheduled so that I truly got the day of the week that I normally use to set up my week. I still get it because what would happen is I felt like if I took the time off and enjoyed the holiday, then I felt like I lost a day. So I literally had to do that. And then I had to sit down and say, if I want to go on vacation, when am I going to go? Maybe I should go on vacation for my birthday. I can do a three-day weekend. Cool. For my anniversary, I've always been trying to do more and more days. I used to do like two days, three days. And finally, I'm booking a whole week. I can do a week vacation if I tell everyone. It's like putting those things on the calendar. So what would happen is I would get so booked in advance that I couldn't take off because the calendar got set. By me reversing that logistic and actually booking the calendar first so that no one could book those dates in my calendar kind of freed me up to actually be able to use those weekends for getaways. It allowed me to plan a vacation at the end of year for my anniversary. And it's almost like it enabled this possibility. And I think sometimes we don't realize that we have to create like the environment so we can actually take these vacations and don't feel pressured or at the last minute say, oh no, I'll do the next one. I 100% agree. We do something similar as well. Our calendar scheduling tool is so helpful in that it connects with my calendar and I can just block times out as being busy or set meeting times on certain days. And it's great because I'm just sure that I'll never get any meeting requests on these particular days. And it is just so helpful, whether it's something that I want to do next week, for example, oh, I don't have any meetings next week on this particular day. I'm going to just block that out. So Seb and I can go on a hike. I know no one's going to book that date, but it can also work for six months in advance as well. It's just really, really helpful. So what else is it that you do to get yourself ready to take that time off? For a big vacation, like a week off, which to me feels big, maybe no one else will, but for me, it's huge. I had to master three-day weekends, let alone full work week. Especially I did this last year. The ironic part about it is I ended up being sick on vacation. I mean, like stick in bed, wetting through a sweatsuit, that kind of thing where it's like, what is happening to me? But it was still worth it. The other thing I had to realize, especially as an entrepreneur, is that you have to prepare yourself for vacation. Just going on vacation doesn't really work if you don't let anyone know. When I say let anyone know, I had to let my clients know that, hey, I'm going to take this week off. So because I'm going to take this week off, we're not going to meet the week before. What I'm going to do is use the week before to prep to make sure you're covered the week that I'm going to be out. What I realized is I had to put plans together. I had to put the strategy together, the information I would normally do in that week. I needed the time in the prior week to prepare for it. And when I say we're not going to meet, what I ended up doing is really more of a truncated meeting. But what I also did is I prepared notes. I prepared strategy. I prepared documents. And what I realized is that for me to take a week off, I definitely need a prep week to take that week off, which sounds like so much work. It sounds like, why can't I just wake up one day and be like, I'm out of here. I want to go on vacation. Or you read the books of people being entrepreneurs and they talk about how I'm vacationing here and I'm doing this. Or you look at Instagram and it looks like everyone is just living and loving their best life. But what I find is the true day-to-day life of running a business, you have to plan to be able to take that break where you're not checking email every day. Because when I didn't do that prep week before, what would happen is I would just work about an hour to two hours every day while I was on vacation. Yes, 
at least I got the rest of the day. But the reality was I'm in a different mindset when I wake up and I have to go to work. I sometimes speak and have a different kind of feel and energy level. The idea is if I'm trying to be on vacation and I'm trying to reset constantly every day going into that mode and trying to let go, I didn't know if I was getting the full benefit of my vacation. So I had to change that. I had to start prepping. And even if it's like a weekend getaway, as an example, I'll do the same thing before I go out of town. So if it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or maybe I'm going to steal one of those like holiday weekends. So I just go half day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, then I'll use Thursday to make sure I'm completely prepped so that I don't have to do anything on the weekend for a client. I don't have to respond to anything for anyone. And I don't come back on Tuesday feeling jammed. I don't come back on Tuesday feeling like, yeah, I'm well rested, but then Tuesday's my most stressful day. <laughs> and it's like, I just killed all that good stuff that happens. What I found is I had to find a rhythm and a process that would work for me so that I could still give my clients the highest support that I wanted them to have. And at the same time, I could truly enjoy the time off. So I know you're a real tools and apps and productivity whiz. So I'm wondering whether there are some tools or suggestions that you could give to some entrepreneurs that would help them be effective at taking time off. Absolutely. So the number one thing is I believe in having your mobile phone cleaned up and ready to go. I know for a lot of people that sounds weird. Like, what do you mean cleaned up and ready to go? What I mean is there's so much stuff that people do on their desktop computer that if they left for work or to say their laptop, so when they travel, they don't have what they need. They don't have the information they need if there is something that they need to look at or something's happening. And the reality is you want to prepare as much as you can but I never want someone to have anxiety when they're away because they can't access this, they can't log into this. So my number one thing is having a really great password manager. Having that password oh, manager yeah. on your computer and on your phone is key because now you can log into something if you need to log into something. And this even works for personal accounts as well. You happen to be out of town, you need to log into something. You're not looking for that post-it note that's on your desk to be able to get into it. So that's number one for me. Number two, I use Slack. So anyone who has a team or even if it's a small team, we have a decent sized team, but even if it's just one or two or three people, getting your team on a tool like Slack instead of email, I find is a great way to be able to communicate. Now we use Slack almost exclusively within our team when I'm not on vacation. So when I'm on vacation, it makes it much easier. But the reason I like Slack versus email is Slack, I can have quick conversations with people. I can quickly get to the bottom or get a quick understanding of what's needed and what is going on, as well as my team can continue to have conversations with me even while I'm not there. They can let me know, hey, everything's fine, just giving you an update. Then when I look, I can go, oh, okay, everything's fine. I can keep vacationing. <laughs> I don't have that stress. But when it's email, it's very hard to comb through email. Plus, so many of us are subscribed to newsletters and just everything else. It's hard to know where the priorities lie. So I tend to use Slack, not only with my team, but I also use Slack and WhatsApp with my clients so that they can reach me if there is something that they need right away. The last thing I would say about your phone is notifications are really big for me. Like turning off the notifications you don't need, getting rid of things that your phone asked you five years ago. If you wanted a notification, you clicked on it, but you never really need it. What I started to do, especially for vacation, is I'll change some of my notifications. So some of the things that I wanna do on 
vacation. Some of the things that are more important to me on vacation, and especially things that I'm doing, which are like breathwork apps, or if I'm going to be doing a little bit of like morning stretching. My last vacation, I took my yoga mat and only did one day, but I got one day in. I'll put those <laughs> things on notifications for my vacation so that I get reminders, just like I would get a reminder of a Zoom call when I'm physically here. I would do that. I get a reminder to do a stretch in the morning. I get a reminder, book a reservation in the morning, anything that's related to my vacation, just so that my phone is supporting me. Then the other thing, like you said, I try to use as much automation in my business so that everything doesn't require me to push a button. If someone wants to book something and I'm out of town, they can book my schedule online. They can book a one-on-one consult with me. And then from that, there's a whole process behind it. They book it, they get an email that says, hey, you've booked, thanks, here's a questionnaire. They fill out the questionnaire. And then it goes through a process. So for me to be able to take time off, which the beauty of it is my business doesn't stop because I'm not there. People can still book. People can still buy products and services. They'll still get confirmation emails. They'll get emails that they need to access their account. And by keeping all that flowing, it starts to free me up. My biggest strategy for this year is to work on that, to find more and more ways of things that I just either like doing or I've always done it or it's always been fun to do and try to automate that, not because I want to take the personal touch out of it, but do that so that there's no interruption between if I'm here or there or anything, like I'm trying to work out more, I'm trying to do all these other things. And if I have more time, I can focus on my health, but also it'll allow me to do more personal touch points because I'm not sending out the same email every three days to a new client. The system can take that over for me. I think as an entrepreneur, figuring out how to automate, figuring out what can be repeatable processes that you can set up or you hire someone to set that up for you because someone can just come in for like a 30-day, 60-day period and help you get all that stuff in place. And then you are ready to be able to take a little bit of time off. Mm, Absolutely agree, especially with the first one, with this whole getting your phone set up and ready to go. It's really important and definitely a password manager, I think, We can have so much sensitive information on our phones relating to our personal, for example, our banking, our finances and stuff like that, but also with our business, client information and, you know, really delicate stuff. It's not just our own personal stuff, it's other stuff too. And having a good password manager is excellent. I've just moved over to Bitwarden and it was from one that had some security issues, which is a little bit disturbing, but they were hacked. I won't go into it, but as far as I know, my information was fine, but I did review onto Bitwarden and I've now got onto that process of just really up the security of everything and made sure that I can access everything from anywhere. I've got the master password firmly in my mind. It just helps me feel like I can work when traveling because we are very vulnerable when we are traveling, whether you're taking a computer or just using your phone, you're using a lot of public Wi-Fi networks. You might be going to a place where there is maybe a lot more pickpocketing where, you know, your phone could be taken. I'm really big into security when traveling for sure. Then the added bonus is, of course, you can access everything everywhere whether it's even on a public computer if they still have them internet cafe it's just so so important absolutely and I think 
We forget about that stuff when we travel, especially if you haven't been traveling for a while. If you've been home for a while, you'll almost forget how much, if you weren't touching back and coming home every night, you wouldn't have access to things that you need. And you know how it is when you're on vacation or you're traveling, you always need something that you didn't expect. You always have to jump into an account that you didn't expect. So yeah, having that security in place is so critical. And it just makes your life much easier. Between teams or having multiple people have access to the same information, if you have to update a password or change a password, everyone now has the new password. That's the other benefit of it, using the password software systems. Yeah, absolutely agree. Really important. I found when I transferred over to Bitwarden, I had to do a lot of tidying up. I think I spent an evening like figuring out and making sure that all of these passwords were in fact imported into the new password manager and just making sure that I had thought about every single eventuality and whether my 2FAs were set up properly and all of this kind of stuff. But it's definitely worthwhile doing because once you've got it done, then you're good to go. Absolutely. All right. So a topic that you really wanted to discuss during this podcast was about vegan travel and how it's an important part of the vegan movement. So I'd love to hear what you have to say about that. Well, I have it from a couple of different perspectives. Number one, just like living in the U.S., what happens is you can be very centric about what matters and what's important, what are the priorities. But as a vegan, we also need that global perspective. We need to understand what veganism means and looks like in other parts of the world. Some of us, maybe you don't travel as much in the U.S. You want to get out there and travel because as we try to make this movement more of something that's within reach for everyone, if we're trying to make it so that it kind of not only fits into lifestyles, but it fits into the cultural differences that make all of us unique and amazing and interesting. We have to understand that perspective because if you're helping people go vegan, if you're part of organizations that are creating projects to support people, when you don't have that wider view perspective, sometimes you can make decisions that works for one group and excludes another group. And one thing that we don't want to happen as vegans is we create this environment where we aren't really allowing people to move past barriers or worst case, we put up barriers that keep them from accessing the lifestyle and ultimately helping and saving animals. So I just think it's just a huge, huge part of it. And also I think the work that you're doing is great as well because sometimes when we think about veganism, we think about veganism in kind of a specific way or only way. What I love about your trips is it allows people to experience travel in a way that's not just the kind of like, let me grab a backpack and, you know, travel through your kind of experience. Those things are amazing and great, but we want diversity in our travel, just like we want diversity in our food options just like we want diversity in like the hair products I use in my hair. I want vegan options and different things that works for people who have different hair types. We want the same thing with travel. I think what your business does for many of us is it creates an opportunity for us to not only experience travel in a new way, but by bringing in things like visiting animal sanctuaries. What happens is you're also bringing in that animal rights component, but that way that we can understand what's happening on the ground. 
what's happening in these animals and what organizations are driving that change. So I just think a lot of people could benefit from looking at that worldview and whether they go on a trip with you, which I highly, highly recommend for everyone. I can't wait until I book one of mine. We almost got one last year. I was so excited when you sent me that message, but I know it didn't work out. So I can't wait to do it. But just, I think everyone getting out there and seeing how and what the world is like can help you really move the movement forward and also build relationships and partnerships with so many people that will not only change your perspective, but might help you do more in the movement or be more effective in what you're already doing in the movement. Well, thank you so much for saying those nice things about World Vegan Travel and what we do. I really appreciate it. But I think what you're saying is really spot on in terms of realizing what the challenges are in different countries can be very insightful. And I think even as a vegan entrepreneur, if you go on a vegan trip or you travel as a vegan, it can be really helpful because maybe there's this whole other target market that you've been trying to target and you've been missing the mark for whatever reason that it is. So that can be really, really helpful. To give you a really concrete example, we have wonderful travelers that come on our trip and definitely that's the case. One of our travelers who traveled with us to Botswana in December, she has a background in nonprofits. And I was shocked and amazed when she announced that she's going to be helping one of our guides in one of the Botswana camp who works as a volunteer to try to help his community. He tries to get solar panels to villages that don't have a lot of access to electricity. Now she has helped get an NGO, a nonprofit wow. set up in the United States that will allow people to donate money to this really worthwhile cause, which is amazing. It might not be a vegan cause, but still very, very interesting. And I'm sure they wouldn't be this far along in their development had she not been on that trip. Also, this one is another really nice one. In Rwanda in 2019, we visited Akagera National Park in Rwanda. And there's a lot of debate to be had with this, but it just so happens that in Akagera National Park, they use dogs to help find poachers of rhinos. They're working dogs and vegans can have a lot of feelings about this. But um, one thing one of our travelers agreed was no matter what the feelings are, these dogs needed to have a comfortable bed. They were just sitting on the concrete floor in a large kennel. And she fundraised to get very good quality beds for these dogs, which I thought was really, really lovely and definitely would have made a big improvement in the comfort of these dogs. So yeah, I think there's a lot of potential to move things along when you actually get the opportunity to experience these things firsthand for sure and just plugging well vegan travel for a second a group tour is really really great for entrepreneurs I think because you don't have to do any of the organizing or the research you just really have to book your flight book the trip pack and that's it whereas if you're doing your own trip around Europe where you're visiting like five different cities. It's a lot of work to put that together. And a group trip is a really great way to alleviate all of that as a busy entrepreneur. That's my opinion. That's one of the reasons why I think group travel is amazing. But yeah, it can be a great choice for entrepreneurs as well. Absolutely. I think it's a great point. I'm so glad you brought it up because that's what happens is as an entrepreneur, you feel like you're responsible for everything and planning everything all the time because you're planning your business or you're working with your clients and you're thinking about how you can help them and support them. If you have a team, you're thinking about how to help them and support them. So it feels like so much responsibility on your shoulders that when you want to go away on vacation, 
you don't want to carry that same role. You want to be a person that, like you said, could just pack up and go and just enjoy and someone else takes care of those details. That's like a pampering all in itself just as an entrepreneur because we don't really get that on a daily basis. So I 100% agree with you. That is such the beauty of what you do because the idea that you just got to book that flight and pack and then everything else is going to be amazing from the food, the activities, the events. To me, it's just so appealing from my entrepreneurial perspective. Amazing. Amazing. All right, Stephanie, our time together is coming to an end. But before you go, I would love it if you wouldn't mind sharing a few details, like some specific services that you offer and how people can learn more about what it is that you do in the vegan space. Absolutely. What we try to do is give people support. So some people just need a little bit of help. So they'll just say, hey, can I book an hour or two with you? And we do that. You can jump online. You can book one hour, two hour consult. And it gives us time to kind of sit down, dive into an issue and resolve it. For other people, they want a little bit long-term support. They're looking for more like, can you work with me while I'm building my business, while I'm working on these tools and so forth? And that's where we work with people over a six-month period. What's great about that is it can be highly intense. We can work like every single week or we can meet like twice a month. So you have some time to work on things in between our meetings. And those have worked really well as far as partnering with our clients because we can see the progress and we can help them make like course corrections along the way. And then the other kind of, I would say, bucket of services that we offer is a course training online component. Now we have online courses you can just grab and sign up for. But one thing that we're migrating to is this kind of community space that's going to give you access to all of our courses, all of our training, all of our materials, which is a lot of materials sometimes I even use in my one-on-one coaching. And being able to do it in community aspect, then we'll have like group coaching calls and we'll have office hours. You can just ask questions and I share my screen and all that good stuff. Then we're also going to do some fun stuff or some relaxed conversations and share wins, hot seats, planning and co-working sessions. So I try to, in the business, give people support that's one-on-one when they need it or do it in a group setting so that they can get maybe that continual support throughout the year. So if you want to get in touch with us or you're trying to connect with us, it's at veganmainstream.com. We're also on all social media platforms with the handle Vegan Mainstream as one word. And you can always email us at support at veganmainstream.com. Amazing. I would absolutely recommend working with Stephanie. Like I said, at the top of this podcast, we did several three-month stints, I think, working together. I credit you for just how we've managed to make progress in a relatively short amount of time. It was just so helpful. So a huge thank you from Well Vegan Travel, Stephanie. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And it's been just wonderful working with you. And also where we are today with this is blossomed out into, I would probably say a little bit of a friendship, which is just wonderful to be able to chit chat and talk and also hear about how everything's going. Awesome. I'm going to have to get you to come to a veg fest or something in Vancouver so we can have that smoothie catch up. That would be amazing to meet in real life for sure. Absolutely. You have to make it happen. Thank you so much for joining me today, Stephanie. 
Thanks for having me. Take care. We hope this episode has inspired you to prioritize travel, embrace moments of rest and explore the world through a vegan lens, especially if you are an entrepreneur who's always said, I don't have time to travel. I don't have time to take a vacation. So until next time, continue to travel, advocate and thrive as a compassionate vegan. And if you have some time to fill in that questionnaire feedback form in the show notes, it would be hugely appreciated. Thank you so much and talk to you next time.